Hello, everyone, and welcome to Who Pod Aid. My name is Blair Beverage, and thank you for joining us here today. On today's show, wait, a button with a sticky note on it saying don't touch. Seriously, guys? Seriously, you're going to put this? You think I'm actually not going to touch this? Yeah, well, let me show you. Uh... Hey, humans, it is I, Joey Couture. Welcome to another episode of Hoopod. Of course, I have none other than the gorgeous, fabulous, and amazingly, awesomely talented Tyrolyn Puxty here with me. Oh, you're a darling. My head's going to get so big, I won't be able to fit through the door. Well, you know what? That's, that's fine, though, because, you know, the, the bigger the hair, the closer to God, so it's all good. <laughs> Anyways, um, I'm sad to report uh, that because uh, Blair, he's quite the squirrel, uh, we posted a sticky note on a button, um, and it was really to kind of keep away the internet trolls, and he didn't really pay any attention. Uh, he got the best of himself, and he pushed the button, and he kind of fell um, down on a uh, trap door into... I just I, I don't know I don't even know where he is. Do you know where he is? I mean, where where did that trapdoor go? I don't know. I, I keep hearing his voice going like hello, hello, past the gin, the gin, the gin. But it could be my imagination. I'm not too sure. Maybe he's in the fifth, sixth, seventh dimension. Well, I don't know physics, so we're gonna have to go on without him. <laughs> <laughs> he must have taken his notes with him too, because we don't know who we were supposed to have for guests. So we've kind of taken over the whole. Pod studio. He's pretty selfish, don't you think? I mean, not letting us know. He is. He really is. He's incredibly selfish. I, and I don't understand what his deal is. He calls himself a human. He's all like, yeah, I'm Hufflepuff. No, no. Slytherin. Slytherin, mate. Slytherin the whole nine yards. Mm-mm. So, uh, oh, well, I, I think this will be uh, a better podcast without him. Oh, yeah, most definitely. <laughs> um, although I thought I was going to try to be, you know, kind of creative this time. And I wanted to discuss some different topics, uh, for instance, since we don't, since we don't have a guest this, this time around. Um, <laughs> we're going rogue. We, we are. We're going very rogue. Uh, before I got get into those topics, though, um, we were discussing on our way here into the studio. And apparently, certain somebody can type really, 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 really fast. Yeah, I'm kind of like uh, Bruce Almighty. You know, he's there typing on the emails on Yahoo. Look, I don't want to brag because I've never been able to hit that, this number again, but it's triple digits, 101 words with 90% accuracy. So uh, look, if it's a world record, that would be awesome. I doubt it is. But what? who is the fastest typewriter? Who do you think? Is that a thing? Can we look? I'm Googling that. I'm going to just take a stab at this and say it's either Daniel Steele or Stephen King. Yeah. Hang on a second. All right. Fastest typewriter. Talk amongst yourself in the world. All right. Here we go. 212 words per minute. Holy crap. What? I feel so inept. And who is it? Um, ba- Barbara Blackburn. I don't know. I think she's lying. <laughs> Maybe No, look, she can do 212 words, but I bet the accuracy oh. is like... Cut it. I know you were you were so you were so bragging like oh I can do triple digits ooh 101 the air is getting thin up here and then you see that and you're like well yeah you thought you were on top of yeah you thought you were on top of like the highest point in the world and you were really standing on a hobbit hill 
I've I've been uh, brought back down to earth. I I'm back down here off my pedestal. So Felicia, she I know she's been a little bit on hiatus with her Twitch stream and and whatnot. Um, but she's been playing Rise of the Tomb Raider, and I have been loving every step of the way. Yeah, it's an awesome game. It really, really is. And I actually, I just got my hands on my own copy of it today. And I, I won't lie, like the the first like half hour of gameplay, I was doing it mostly from memory when she was playing it. And <laughs> this time around, this game is a little bit more intense because, well, at first I thought you couldn't collect arrows and that you could only make them. And I'm like, well, I'm screwed there. I'm going to be wasting these left and right. But... I actually had just replayed the 2013 Tomb Raider and it's only been like, it was only a couple days difference between going from that into the new one. And I have to say it was a good thing I did because getting back into the gameplay controls would have kicked my ass from left to right. It does. It, yeah. It, it does take a little bit. And I'm just happy now that my PC is powerful enough to run it because there are points where it's, a move where it's kind of like an animated movie in the middle of the game, but then you don't know where the movie ends and the gameplay starts again sometimes because that's how intense the graphics are. Well, that's even, it was the same when I was streaming Walking Dead on my Twitch channel. I get so engrossed in the little movie segments that three seconds later I'm dead and I haven't, I don't even know why because I'm just so engrossed in what's happening. I'm like, oh, I'm actually playing a game. So question, do you like this Lara Croft, how she's vulnerable and she's a little bit more girl next door? Or do you like the classic Lara where she's oh so sexy and, you know, very British and, you know, a little bit up herself? What kind of version do you like? Well, I mean, I played the game when it originally came out on Sega Saturn and the PlayStation 1. And, I mean, I've played Tomb Raider all the way through. The only one that I haven't played is... Uh, Guardian of Light is one of the ones I'm talking about. So I haven't played any of those. Originally, you know, I liked, you know, her sultry, snarky kind ofness. But when the Legend uh, trilogy came out, they, they kept that, but they also made her, you know, more more human and emotional. We got to learn a bit more about her mom. Um and I had actually enjoyed that reboot. I was like, okay, we're getting away from the mess that Angel of Darkness was because that came out the same time that the Cradle of Life movie came out. And there was there was things about Cradle of Life that I liked, but overall, I'm like, okay, you're making her like James Bond. You're giving her a romantic relationship that she's not supposed to have at all. Like, this is not Laura Croft. Like, and if she did have a romantic relationship with somebody, I don't want to know about it because that's not Laura Croft to me. Um, Hang on, uh, so I have to interrupt you. <laughs> are you sorry. Saying, are you saying Laura Croft? I, I know. I I, I I gripe about Felicia <laughs> doing it all the time, and yet here I am doing it too. Yeah, it's it's Lara. I know it's Lara. Lara. I think what my problem is is that when I go to say her name, it comes out faster than I intend it to, so I, it ends up sounding more like Laura than it's. Yeah, Laura to. Croft. Bloody Americans, not getting it right. Okay, listen. Oh, oh too up. soon. Too, too much. <laughs> Just back it up. Anyways, back to my Otherwise, I'll end, I'll end up in a dimension with Blair. Oh, no. I, I don't want to pull the wrong lever. Yeah. Go on. Sorry, Doctor Who doesn't, doesn't work here. 
I I had actually really enjoyed, like I said, I enjoyed the Legend trilogy reboot, and then they decided that they were going to reboot her again altogether. And I was actually enjoying it. It was a nice way to make a nod back to Tomb Raider Chronicles for the shorter story lines uh, that really didn't flesh out into a game. Uh, But it also introduced us to her when she was a teenager. So you have her now in present day at probably like age, what, 19, between 19 and 21. And I enjoyed the game, but there were certain things about it that didn't go over well with me. Uh, For instance, one of the things, okay, Laura is like Freddy Krueger. There are certain aspects about Freddy you would never change. So, for instance, you would never take away Freddy Krueger's um, knife glove mm. where his fingers are all knives and whatnot. You'd never take that away. So why they took away her dual pistols, I'll never yeah. understand that. because That defines her. Exactly, because they did that in Angel of Darkness, and it, I remember it had royally pissed me off. I'm like, that's one of the iconic things about her is when she fires off both at the same time. The other thing that I'm I was willing to let go was I and I know it sounds stupid but I'm very particular when she's out in the tomb I don't want her hair back in a ponytail it needs to be in a braid it's supposed to be in a braid it's always been in a braid I don't know why you would do that that's like taking away Freddy's fedora hat like you, you just don't do that You know what I always loved in the PlayStation games when it started off because the graphics weren't very good they had it kind of in that tight little bun to begin with and I remember when the sequel came out and suddenly she had like a plait and that was like, oh my goodness, especially as a girl playing, you can really appreciate the plait. And then by the third game, it was longer, it was down by her waist. And that was just the most exciting thing. And it just sort of, you know, defined the evolution of the graphics that, oh my God, her hair was getting longer and longer and it moved with her. <laughs> that was always really cool. Yeah. And actually the reason why her hair was in a bun in the first one was because they ran out of time to write the code for her braid. Oh, is that right? Okay. Yep. Uh, apparently, because uh, but they had time to make her breasts look ridiculous. So I know. It's, uh, actually, in case you don't know this, her name was actually going to be Lara Cruz, and she was going to be from South America. Yeah. Well, do you think that was because that was when Tom Cruise was really popular? I think that they were going with the name Cruz, mostly because they didn't want to go with like Lopez. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like they did, they didn't want to get slapped with the whole racist thing in video games. Like they didn't want, they didn't want to get shut down. IDOS really hadn't been around very, very long. <laughs> they were trying to make a name for themselves. And when you're building something from the ground up, and then you make one wrong move by naming something the wrong thing, yeah, that can that can twist your balls and kick you out the door. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. But. If they made her uh, cruise, I'm sure they probably would have changed it to Laura Cruise. Yeah, they would have given it. Would, they would have <laughs> made her name slightly more American, but I mean, they they've shown concept art like all over the place, and like at one point, um, they had considered having her Asian. They had considered, like I said, they had considered having her. Uh, being of Latin descent. And honestly, you know what? Maybe, who knows? Maybe it would have actually been em- embraced and it would have been an amazing Latin role model, even if even if the person didn't exist. You know, who knows? But speaking of those going into to the role, 
as Miss Croft. Uh, it obviously Angelina Jolie filled the boots and the clothes and the pistol holsters in the first two films. The second of which, uh, even she agrees, wasn't that great. Uh, so it's no longer uh, Angelina Jolie anymore. Yes. Yeah, so yeah. So who is it? Because I heard rumors that Ray from Star Wars was going to be Lara Croft, and that excited me because all the humans said I look like Ray. I can't see it, but they said that. So then I went, Oh my goodness, my childhood dream. Does that mean I could potentially look like Lara Croft because I look like Ray? And Ray was going to play Lara, and I got so excited. But now my dreams have been dashed because now it's. Well, all right. (laughs) (laughs) Love that. All right. So the way that I understand it and from what I I have read, Ray was, well, or Daisy was supposed to, was in talks for the role. And the way that I believe that, that they kind of intended that to sound was maybe more along the lines of, hey, we have a dossier here of potential you know, high-profile actresses or n- newer actresses that could easily play this role or that we might like to see play this role who might draw in attention to the movie. And I think it made sense to have her name and maybe even her headshot in this dossier that I'm sure exists somewhere in the studio because based on, you know, Star Wars Episode Seven and how successful it was and how athletic she is uh, in the movie, it would make sense. But... She's already busy enough with Star Wars. Even if there's a delay, you can only, the, the picture's only delayed for so long and you have all the other red tape and contracts and all that other crap that you have to worry about so that you don't cross lines. Well, Alicia uh, Vikander, I believe that's how you pronounce her name, she's in The Danish Girl. She's in the movie Ex Machina um, as some sort of robotic AI intelligence. I've not seen the movie. Um, Cause it just kind of just because the trailer alone reminded me of like I robot too much. And that was a little too creepy for me. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> that movie, like it, that movie just kind of gave me nightmares. Um, and it was mostly to do with a lot of acting, but anyway, <laughs> <laughs> uh, she is going to be playing Lara Croft and I, from what I also understand, the movie comes out in October next year. So we got about a year and a half or so uh, for that to happen. And from what I also understand, they are going to go along the lines of the way that the 2013 Tomb Raider game went. So like we'll see her kind of like young, innocent, before she's gotten into the tomb and gotten dirty and realizes that this is what she wants to do and so on and so forth. That would be excellent and I'm really excited. But you know what I'm still devastated about? They haven't made a Legend of Zelda movie. I watched on YouTube the other day, someone put together a fan-made trailer. It was Game of Thrones meets The Legend of Zelda. And it was just perfection. And it's so upsetting that Nintendo won't release the rights because I think they could do so much with it now. Well, I think part of what the problem is, and like anybody can either agree or disagree with me, it's just in like... uh, just an opinion. Uh, there was talks originally also as well that Legend of Zelda would get its own series on Netflix. But the problem is, is do we pay the person that plays Link the same amount of money as somebody else? Because Link doesn't talk. 
I think they would change it. I think they would make him talk. But that's the problem, though. If if part of his character is that he just never speaks, <laughs> why all of a sudden would we have him do it? Why is that a theme in Nintendo? Because you think of Pokemon, you don't speak as well. Is it just Pokemon and Zelda? Are they the only Nintendo games where the main character doesn't what speak? What Pokemon are you playing? There's plenty of talking in Pokemon. Oh, well, no, like the classic Game Boy, so red, yellow, gold, all of that. Well, my fiancé, <laughs> uh, he's been playing Pokemon, like the classic games, and there's been... Well, okay. Okay, there's, there's quote, talking, but I guess there's not, like dialogue storyline happening in those ones per se when do they talk the only thing is when um it says something like professor oak's voice echoes you can't ride this bicycle here because <laughs> I, <think. laughs> I try to ride it in the pokemon center because i hate walking no like there's there's one point where i i just happen to peek over and He's moving his avatar around, and he happens to come across somebody just, like, standing there in the corner of the screen. And they're like, I'm just an innocent bystander. And then the whole, like, and then it's about to be a battle. No, but that's not us talking. Well, no, but, like, when you have a storyline, if you're going to have the main character interact with something, like, especially in a movie, usually nine times out of ten, you kind of require them to say something. And in any of the Legend of Zelda storylines, I don't recall him ever saying a word yeah and they kind of uh poke fun at that in the games they say things like oh you're you're the quiet one you're the silent (laughs) sounds like kind of like a pickup line if you ask me (laughs) well there's a lot of fan theories um that navi or i I think that's how you say her name navi and my god she's so annoying oh but she's so adorbs you know she's just a ball of light she's adorably annoying yeah listen hey Hey, yeah, listen. Listen. <laughs> I was like, shut up, you little. <laughs> it's like, can you imagine hearing that for hours on end? Listen. It's like, no, you listen. Go away. Maybe it was like music to his ears. What if What if Link wasn't quiet? What if he was dumb? Maybe he didn't have the ability to speak. Maybe he's mute. Maybe he doesn't have a, yeah, mute. Maybe someone cut out his tongue. Maybe Ganondorf did that because he didn't want Link to reveal a big secret because he's lived multiple lives so why don't they just hire you to write the goddamn script well that's what i'm wondering <laughs> like that would make more sense yeah and that that's where you can go the kind of dark uh like kind of yeah the dark path and do it game of thrones style so what did you do over the weekend um i had a very eventful weekend so my day started off um my students and I were at Relay for Life, and is that something they have in America, Relay for Life? I don't know if they have Relay for Life. I know that there there's marathons, and there's there's walks, and runs, and triathlons, and th- there's all kinds of stuff for just about anything. Yeah, okay. So this is um, it's a 24-hour walk uh, to raise money for cancer, and they have a little hope ceremony, and they have performers, so that way the people walking, you know, have something to listen to and to watch. And it's a really great day. So had that in the morning, it bucketed down. It was just raining and pouring and it always does. And I'm a little bit traumatized because the last time I was at Relay for Life, it was pouring and storming and I was singing the national anthem live on radio and oh, the CD scratched. <gasps> so a two, yeah, a two minute song turned into a 15 second song and I'm there trying to find where I am, but you know, it was the end of the song. 
and I didn't know I was live on radio. They didn't tell me about that. So everyone thought that I just stuffed up the national anthem. And I was like, no, no, the CD scratched. And I said, well, it didn't sound like that on the radio. And I went, oh my goodness. So that was embarrassing. So now I get my students to do it because I'm too traumatized. Um, so that was really oh cool. Oh my goodness. Yeah, I know, right? So um, had that. And then while I was at Relay for Life, I checked my emails, as you do on my phone. And mm. I found out that um, my publisher has accepted another book of mine and I've got a contract and I have a new series that will be coming out, which is really cool. So this is different from the Broken Doll series? Yeah, completely different. This is a, this is a comedy fantasy. So I'm really excited about this one. It's got lots of kitty cats, if you like cats. And um, yeah, I might talk a little bit about it another time when it's a bit closer because I have to do edits and lame stuff like that. But How many manuscripts do you have sitting around? Oh, about 12. That are just like sitting there, like kind of like done and just waiting for, you know, the, the light of God to shine down <laughs> upon them. Like, you shall be published. Pretty, yeah, just kind of waiting my attention. So, like, they're in a really dodgy state. Like, I don't want anybody to see them. I don't even want the light of God to actually see it just yet. So, it's finished, <laughs> it's done. <laughs> but it um, needs to be pretty, prettied up. But I have about three others that are technically ready. But I'll I'll submit it in time. I'll get around to it. <laughs> okay. Now here's here's a question because I've asked other authors this before. Okay, you have an agent. Is that what you have? No, I am a little bit not alternative, but I'm one of those people. I've got a lot of dumb luck. Okay, so I should have had an agent, and especially when I submitted to this publisher, they they won't accept unsolicited material. They want you to have an agent. But I was kind of in that mood and I went, you know, bugger it. I'm just going to do it anyway because nothing to lose, all's a gain. So I submitted it and they accepted it even though I don't have an agent. But if I want to go into TV and I want to option my um, book rights to a film, I will have to get an agent. But it's a bit it's a bit tricky. I think it's trickier to get an agent than to get published. See, and... <sighs> See, here in the States, it's a little bit different. They say that, oh, yeah, it's very easy for you to get an agent here. And it's like, okay, but where do I go? And every, you know what I've always found? I've always found that I'm told you need to go to your local library and you need to pick up this book about mm. all the different agents. I'm like, I've been to like hundreds of libraries. This book doesn't exist. <laughs> no, <laughs> like it it's not there. And if it and if there's something remotely like it, it's it hasn't been updated since 1980. And half these publishing companies don't exist anymore. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I've done my research on Google, and it's oh, it's just so monotonous and tedious because oh, it, it's really weird. I've gone to some um, agents to try and sort of you know send a letter and say I'd like to be represented, but somehow some agents won't even accept you and they won't take unsolicited people. And then I go, well, how does that work? Because you need technically an agent to get an agent for some of these companies. So it's just so confusing. <laughs> I'm kind of like, you know what, stuff it. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't understand. Like, okay, so it's like, if you look at it like a, like a totem pole, you're at the very bottom. It's like, okay, I, I want to be a writer. And I'm at the very bottom of the totem pole, which means to get to go further up, uh, my piece of equipment that I need is an agent, which will be like my shield and sword. So for me to conquer anything, to get higher up in, on the totem pole, that's what I need. Yeah. But 
if the agent doesn't take you, it's kind of like, okay, well, what what's the point then? Yeah, and, and the weirdest thing is I'm a number one best-selling author. I've sold thousands of copies of Broken Dolls alone, and yet these agents won't even reply to me. And I just think, how are you supposed to get one? I don't understand. It's kind of like Mewtwo. It's like you kind of need somebody with their own copy of the game to kind of like trade it to you. Like, <laughs> it is. It's all about who you know, and I don't. I don't know anyone. Evidently. <laughs> honestly, you know that's that's actually a really great analogy to use it like that. It's like if you want to get an agent, you got to find somebody else who has Mewtwo. I love it. I'm going to use that from now on. Because <laughs> well, I've. Oh, go on. Yeah. No, I'll like actually. You know, I'm gonna let you go ahead because I've I've talked so much and I feel like I'm like hogging the whole microphone. Oh, that's, that's okay. I enjoy listening, but no, just just talking about it's all about who you know. That the same day I had relay and got the contract for my next book, I went along to um, a live reading of Magda. Now I struggle to pronounce her last name. Su Su. Yeah, look, I'm not gonna even bother. But she's Sharon and Kath and Kim. <laughs> Um, she's been, <laughs> she's been in Babe and the Golden Compass and she's a bit of an Australian icon, especially as a female comedian. So I was really excited and, uh, you know, you, you get there and I'm seeing pretty much every teacher who's ever taught me throughout my entire life. So that was kind of like, this is your life, Tyrell and Puxty. And we sit down at the table <laughs> and, and I took my mum out because I don't get to spend a lot of time with my mum. So I was like, hey, let's go on a date. Let's go see Magda together. So we sit at our table. We're really comfortable. And this woman comes over to us and she says really loudly in front of everyone, she says, you have to move. And we said, why? We're like really embarrassed. We got our ticket. And we said, no, no, we're meant to be here. We're at table number two. We're right at the front. You know, we're next to Magda. It's really exciting. And she said, no, no, you've been bumped. And I was like, what? I, I didn't think that was a thing. I've only ever seen people get bumped in Gilmore Girls. So I said, what? <laughs> so I said, what? why have we been bumped? And they said, oh, we double booked. And I went, well, okay, look, well, that's your problem. We're already sitting here. You want to move to the table that's literally four meters away because we're already seated and I already have a gluten-free meal coming to this table for me. You know, why don't you just kindly tell the other people to go to that table. No, no, you have to move. We've decided that you're moving. And I just, I couldn't believe it. So really embarrassed. And we stood up just as they announced Magda to get up on the stage. So as we were standing up, people started clapping because they thought that we were getting on the stage to make a speech and to announce Magda. <laughs> and it was just really awkward because we had to walk up on the stage and sort of walk back down because it was really crowded. It was the only way to get to the other table. And, um, yeah, and just sit down at uh, the, the reject table, the loser table. So I was officially bumped. Didn't think that was a thing. But um, it ended up being a really good night. It was a really great place where we were at. And I still got to see Magda and she signed a book for me and I chatted to her. And she liked my tweet, which was very cool. But, yeah, it was a very eventful Saturday so I don't know about anyone else, but if you have been bumped, please let me know so I don't feel like the biggest loser in the world. <laughs> Apparently I wasn't cool enough to be at, because I was the youngest person there. Everyone else was about 50 years old and they, look, 
lovely people, but they were a little bit pretentious. You know what I mean? They they wore like their Chanel suits and they all had their nose up in the air a little bit. And there's little old me coming along and uh, getting moved. It sounds like <laughs> kind of like this could be like a spin. You sound like you were going to go into like a spinoff for the Devil Wears Prada. And I was kind of I was kind of with you there. Oh, yeah, I can relate with that film, actually. When I worked in law, it was a little bit like that. <laughs> it was so bad. But what about you? Uh, well, my Saturday was not really entirely eventful. Um, although it was tabletop day. Yes, I missed that. Yeah, I I kind of... I sort of missed it, but I sort of didn't miss it. Because... For I've mentioned a couple times, you know, with the move and everything, um, I've been doing. I have a, a part-time job, and I happened to had to go in that day, and I didn't. When I got back home, I was like, you know, I don't feel like doing anything. <laughs> I want to be lazy. <laughs> I just want to lay in bed. I'm just gonna stare at the ceiling. Yes, very much. But. For those of you who did participate in Tabletop Day, and if you didn't already know, which I'm sure you do, Geek and Sundry raised over $30,000. Excellent. For Kaboom. I was like, holy crap! In one day! In one day! Phenomenal. I'm speechless. That is insane. In the good way. (laughs) I just realized that sounded like an insult saying, that's insane. But no, I just... All I can do is clap. Well done, everyone. So Kaboom is the it's a national nonprofit, which is dedicated to bringing balance and active play into the daily lives of all kids. Hello. Oh, sorry, I'm sorry. I thought you were still going. No, I was waiting for your reaction, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. Tyrlin Puxty. Radio silence. No, it, it's okay. So cool. Kaboom. It's good. <laughs> oh, this is why we need Blair. <laughs> I know. he. Everybody thinks he's really, really boring, but honestly, he kind of keeps us both like in check. <laughs> yeah. he, he runs, he makes sure the madness, yeah, stays in control. No, but sorry. So Kaboom. Yes. Yeah, so that's really awesome. Do go on. That's that's really about it. Uh, I was looking at their at their Twitter. Uh, if you go to kaboom.org, it's the United States program. Uh, they actually joined Twitter in 2008, so I don't know really how long they've been around. Uh, but that might be a small indication. Although when I first looked at it, the way that their logo is, like I'm just gonna do a little bit of you know a read here. You know, all tea, no shade though. Their logo kind of reminds me of Nickelodeon. The cable channel. <laughs> oh yes, I've been watching Rugrats lately, oh, nonstop. Been having a Rugrat marathon. I love Angelica. She is just awesome. People say she's a brat and stuff, but she just—I I think she makes the show. She's just a little scamp, and she's a little bit like me. I mean, no, I was never like horrible and manipulative like her, but I was an only child, and you know, I was always trying to get my cookies, and I didn't love to share. But I feel I've grown as a person. I sometimes share now. Well, I didn't like to share as a child either, but because the first time I ever shared, my toy got destroyed. So obviously, I'm never <laughs> going to want to share again. 
Oh, no, that is not fair. What toy was it? You probably don't know the cartoon. I mean, I'll name it off. You might know it just because you might have seen it somewhere. But it was a She-Ra Princess of Power toy from the 80s. No, I don't know that one. Okay, have you ever heard of He-Man? Yes. Okay, She-Ra is his twin sister. No way! Yes, and honestly, her her theme song for her cartoon was way better, in my uh, personal opinion. So, that is so cool, though. I have got this obsession with twins. They really fascinate me. I've been watching this documentary of um the conjoined twins that are conjoined by the head. Have you seen that? I have. I think they're probably about seven years old now. And, you know, they're, they're happy as and they're healthy and things are going along fine. But it, it blows my mind that the body can work like that. And they say they even share their own, they, they share the same thoughts. So often the girls, the twins will be laughing about something and they haven't said anything and they've done some experiments and they found that because their brain is connected, they can almost read one another's thoughts. And they said there's also been a time one of the girls was watching TV, uh, like a DVD player in the back of the car and the other one physically couldn't see it, but she was reacting at the points where if it was a funny part, she would laugh. If it was sad, you know, she, she'd go, oh, and she'd be sad. And they think she might have been viewing it through her sister's eyes. That because is so the brain weird. Is connected. Isn't that weird? It just blows my mind. Oh, it's kind of creepy too at the same time. Like, I'm not, I'm not saying creepy like jabbing at them. I'm just saying like it, it's creepy to think. No, like, no, no, no. Can you imagine watching something through the mind of somebody else that you're attached to? Like that's just, it's weird. I know. Like we always thought that the twins from The Shining were a little bit, you know, ooh. But you know, imagine having these twins where they can communicate without speaking through their mind that way and see things through each other's eyes. It's quite beautiful, really. It's beautiful. It, it is beautiful. Although like, Per, like personally I'm, I'm sitting here like and i'm still like trying to imagine it at the same time and i'm just like i would have so much motion sickness like i'm facing one direction like <laughs> and that's the other thing that makes you wonder too like is she also seeing through her own eyes while she's seeing through her sister's eyes at the same time like that, that's what i don't understand that's gonna be like really messed up yeah is it one eye can sort of look through her own and the other one is looking through her sisters or is it kind of, you know, when you daydream, so you're technically looking at the wall, but you're seeing something else. Maybe it's like, right. That. You know what? Maybe it is. Okay. That, that would make a little bit more sense because trying to think, because think of it, thinking of it the other way, I'm like, how would that even work on the visual spectrum? Like, would your, do your eyes have like a split screen? Like you're playing a video game <laughs> or like, or like, how does this work? <laughs> what is a picture in picture? Oh, it's just incredible. And it's not that uncommon. There are quite a few uh, conjoined twins out there. And there's all different ones. There's the, um, you know, they call it the girl with the two heads. So she has one body or they, the, the two people. Right. Yeah, one body and, um, yeah, two heads. But they both have to apply for a driver's license. So even though they're always together, they both have separate um, driver's licenses just to sort of make them feel like individuals, which is really good. But you know, it makes it a little bit difficult because if one's speeding, technically they both are. So do they both get the ticket? Yeah, I don't know. Now you're thinking about it too much. I am. No, I'm, I'm getting too deep, man. <laughs> <laughs>
Hey, so did you see Obama mic dropped? No. Yeah, he totally mic dropped. He uh, he bagged out Trump in his farewell speech. And um, at the very end, he said Obama out and he dropped the mic. You guys have, I mean, I know he won't be your president for much longer, but you guys have the coolest president. I mean, whether you follow everything that he does, whether you agree with everything he does, you can't admit. I mean, you can't deny that that guy is cool. I I mean, I do agree. He really is awesome. Yeah, and and he was funny. I mean, I may not always agree with everything that either he says or that he does, you know, and it's really hard to either agree or disagree with somebody 100%. Um, But when people blame him for everything wrong with our country currently right now, you have to understand... (laughs) The country was already screwed as it was when yeah. it was handed to him. Exactly. I remember um, when George Bush was finally at the end of his term, Robin Williams said, you know what's sad is we're losing probably the country's greatest comedian. And it was the truth. <laughs> it really was the truth. It was, I mean, I don't know if he meant to do all the things that he did, but George Bush, I, I don't know. Was was he a bit of a stoner or what? Because he just never seemed to be with it. I don't necessarily think that George W. Bush is right off the bat like a bad person. But I think he was, even growing up and well into his adulthood, he was one of those people that didn't step aside and be like, you know what, I'm going to delve into this and I'm going to learn from it from my own perspective. And it was more of he had things handed to him and said, these are the facts and this is the evidence to to back it up when, in fact, it's not always the case. So, like, I don't think he ever developed his own moral sense, like his own conscience, if that makes sense. Yeah, I think he was just a nervous public speaker because there's the the infamous one where he tries to quote the um, For Me Once, Shame On You. Have you seen that one? I have. (laughs) <laughs> it's a little so ridiculous. Nerves, did someone set him up? I don't know what happened. I think it was kind of like one of those scenarios in like House of Cards. I think he may have been set up. I think it was done in such a way because certain things just kind of, they did go right over his head, but everybody else is like seeing it happen at the same time, but he's just completely oblivious. Yeah. <laughs> oh, good old Bush. But... Like, uh, I know that they say don't go political. I, I do not want a president in the United States, someone who has been attached to so much controversy, and I certainly do not want anybody who is so pig-headed and racist. I'm assuming you're talking about Trump. He's one of them. <laughs> but... When you look at Hillary, she has been connected with so many different scandals that I run out of toes and fingers to count them on. Now, going a little bit alternative, there have been rumors that Hillary wants to out aliens if she uh, made it as president. There's a big thing that she wants to say that, yes, aliens are real. We're working with them. Ra rah, rah. Have you heard that rumor? I've heard that rumor. I've heard 
a rumor that she's reptilian. I've heard everyone's reptilian according to YouTube. I know. I I've heard that she herself is an alien or that she married Bill who was an alien and they hid his real identity or that they're both reptilian. And I'm just like, Oh my God, how about the fact that she's just somebody who doesn't need to be serving for our country at all? (laughs) I look, honestly, I I don't believe we're alone in the universe. I do believe there is alien life and whatnot. And you know, I'm a little bit hippie. I do like all paranormal stories, but the reptilians, I just can't get on board that, that theory, that rumor, that there's a lot of, um, they always say Beyonce is, and they always sort of on YouTube, they'll pause her mid frame. They'll say, see, look, she's blinking the wrong way and stuff. And it's always just the, the glare of the camera and the reflection and stuff. So I just, I can't believe that we've got these little reptiles dressed as humans, but you know, I could be wrong. You know, it could be Futurama one day and my best friend's a reptilian, but I don't know. I can't listen to okay, if my fiance is around, I can't listen to Katy Perry because apparently she's reptilian and he doesn't like reptilians <laughs> or anybody that's connected to being a reptilian. So, like I'm afraid to even bring up the fact that now all of a sudden somebody's saying that they have a photograph of Britney Spears halfway through a reptilian transformation <laughs> because if that happens, we're not going to be able to sleep in the same room anymore because I'm sorry, but praise God, Nay. <laughs> You'll have to break up. <laughs> yeah, because I draw I draw the line there. Like you don't take away my 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 Britney Spears. You don't do it. But anyway, uh, I think that's about it though for all of our topics. Uh, my my coffee's gone, and I think we should probably go find Blair. I think so. I mean, he's been trapped in there for uh, who knows. I mean, maybe time runs a little bit differently where he is, Canada. I hope it's not like I hope it's not like that Buffy episode, you know, where Angel goes to hell and it was like for like thousands and thousands of years, even though it was like a summer long. You know? Oh, I know that always kind of upsets me. Yeah, because even Dean in Supernatural, I think about how he went to hell and or Sam as well for that matter, and they were there for what like forty years plus, and you go so technically they've got the mentality of an older man. I'm so behind on Supernatural. Oh, I'm in love. Like, oh, Jensen. Jensen, Jensen, Jensen. <laughs> are you are you like completely caught up to speed? Oh yeah, yeah. Okay, so I mean, spoiler alert in case you in case anybody doesn't already know, I mean, I think it'd be kinda hard for you not to know by now, but I kinda started to lose interest when they killed off Charlie. I was like, uh I'm not sure I wanna keep watching anymore. Her death, I think I might have mentioned this before on another podcast, was just the most horrific death scene i think because it was so realistic the the way they sort of had her in the bathtub and everything like that it was yeah it was and i think also being such a big fan of felicia day it was a little bit you know heart-wrenching to see that i mean it was one thing but they'll bring her back well i mean if they're smart they'll bring her back but then again look the great thing with supernatural is if you die on supernatural you're more likely to come back (laughs) than if your character is still living. This is true, but at the same time, I would much rather have Charlie come back as, like, a real living, breathing person and everything. And, like, and I've thought of ways that they could easily do that, like, and actually get away with it. Go on. Because of the way that... Okay, okay. So the way that the episode is actually edited they could actually play it to their advantage. 
where, okay, so the Frankenstein guy is finding her in the hotel room and whatnot. Okay, so... Frankenstein? Do you mean Sam? Sam? Who's the Frankenstein? Who's the Frankenstein guy? The Frankenstein guy is... It's the family of the Frankenstein. Is that what their name was? Because I thought you were referring to Sam because he's so tall. I thought it was like a nickname for him. No, no. They used to say that for a couple of different episodes. No, because that family was the it was the Frankensteins that held that particular book that they needed. Oh, Felicia's was that the character. name? Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyways, like I was saying, <clears throat> the way that they had that whole scenario edited it could be played completely different that she is realizing and panicking that she could be found soon. So maybe this is what she's doing or maybe we're seeing it could be played that that's how Sam thinks that whole moment went down or that that's what the boys think had actually happened when in reality, maybe she had translated something out of the book that allowed her to fake her death. Because remember there was, there was a point originally where she didn't want anything to do with any of that crap anymore. Mm. And it was the whole, um, Renaissance fair fantasy cosplay episode. So that could have been her way of like getting out of it and, being able to live her life again, even though she's still technically on the run kind of a situation. Yeah, okay. Like, there, there's, there are creative ways that this can be spun, but the problem is, is that they're not going to do that. They're going to either just leave her dead completely, or they will have her do a flashback, because everybody knows that she is such a fan favorite right now that if they were to bring her back, they'd have to pay her too much money, and that is just not okay. Yeah. And rant. Uh, uh- <laughs> it's like while you we were uh, ranting, I was trying really hard not to laugh because I'm looking out the window onto the front street and <laughs> there was this uh, learner driver. I don't know if you have learner drivers in America, but we have an insane system. You have to be on your L's and your P's and then you get your full license. So learner driver is a 16-year-old just starting out. And I think because they were in a manual, they didn't know how to use it. So they were quite literally bunny hopping. <laughs> down the road oh god and i was trying that's so sad so hard not to laugh while you were ranting (laughs) yeah because then i would have been like wow you're being really insensitive right now i know (laughs) like we're talking about a dead character that we that everybody loves and you just start laughing like how freaking insensitive could you be i know it's like i'm not even really a human i'm just an imposter pretending to like felicia day and all the humans poser (laughs) i am (laughs) All right. But no, I, I definitely think she will. Yeah. Okay. Well, I think we've, um, yeah, we've exhausted all of our impromptu topics. Yeah. We get it. We, we do need to find Blair though. Uh, I think next time what we ought to do is if we have that button here ever again, that we actually put like one of those plastic domes on it that requires you to push another button to lift it up. No, you know what? I don't think we should have a button at all because that will just be a whole... It's caused too much trouble. It'll just be a whole repeat fiasco. So maybe... You know what? We'll we'll bring in a couple of different levers. We'll do that. Okay. Well, what if he pulls the wrong one? Well, you know, then that's his own fault, isn't it? He's already been warned. He's already been sucked into a different dimension. 
He should know not to touch anything this time. Uh, well, we'll figure it out. Anyways, this has been the latest episode of Hoopod. Once again, I'm Joey Couture. Oh, and I'm Tara Limpexty. And we'll catch you guys whenever we find Blair, because I, I, I don't even know where to begin to look. You know where? I reckon he's in Night Vale, because his voice reminds me of the guy who hosts Welcome to Night Vale. I don't know if anyone else agrees with me, but if you do, tweet me. All right. Make it so. Make it so. Thanks so much, guys. All right. Take care, guys.